0: The experience that I gained early in my career and being out in the field and early in my career with Bayless, early in my career with Halliburton was, was the field experience and understanding the tangible effects of the decisions that I'm making. And that's, that's the best piece of advice that I have.
1: oil and gas industry the driving engine of the world economy delivering prosperity innovation and abundance across the globe here are the stories of its key players directly from the leaders themselves this is bulwark's oil and gas industry leaders podcast where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow here is your host Paige wilson
2: Welcome to this week's episode. I'm sitting here this morning at the Independent Petroleum Association of New Mexico annual meeting in Albuquerque, New Mexico with my guest, John Thomas. Dude, I've been waiting for you. You're running a little late we're a little behind schedule with the conference, but it's going great.
0: It's been a long morning. Yeah. It's been a very long morning. So, yeah. but we're, we're getting through it. We're having a good conference so far, enjoying it. So thank, you, right. for having, thank yeah. you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here.
2: Yeah. And you're the, actually the outgoing IPAMN. President and also the production and asset manager at Robert L. Bayless.
0: That's correct. I'm 48 hours away from being the former IPNM president. So That's crazy. I'm very excited about that. That's the best part of this week.
2: Yeah, and so. I just I, I just interviewed Kyle, and that was a that was a good one too. So
0: we're excited about having Kyle. Kyle's uh, he's going to be an asset to our to our organization. Well, you should forward, so. you should
2: know something about assets, being a manager <laughs> and all. But uh, there
0: you go. That's but, but um. Sh-
2: that's my pun for today. <laughs> it's a fancy
0: name for engineer. That's that's what that is.
2: So. <laughs> well, I love engineers. So. But anyway, before we get into it, I wanted to ask everyone to support the show by taking a few moments to leave a review on iTunes. And if you do me a favor and also do that, John, that'd be awesome.
0: I can do that. No All right. problem.
2: All right. Perfect. So, John, let's talk about how you got started in the industry.
0: I got started. my undergrad is in chemical engineering. i was I was hired in two thousand and five by Halliburton Energy Services. Oh, I think I've heard of them that they're they're a, a, a small service company, I think <laughs> in the US. but I hired as a as a field engineer over production enhancement, which again was a fancy word at the time for a frac engineer. Yeah, so started my career in Denver, Colorado in their training center. Mm-hmm. moved to Rock Springs, Wyoming. very busy. Wow uh, in the Jonah. Yeah. In Rock Springs. I I lived there. That was a long three months that I lived in Rock Springs.
2: What's that near? I just, I just had my first trip to Gillette, Wyoming. So.
0: It's not near, nothing, nothing is near anything in Wyoming <laughs> if you've ever been there. So nothing is near anything. It, Rock Springs is near Everything, Rock Springs. Everything's
2: it's, near a mountain. That's, no, that's it, all I got. it
0: was, it was a beautiful place. I was married at the time. My wife came up there and said I, I think we need to go back to Denver, right? but uh, <laughs> it was a good experience. It was a, it was just such a busy time with good gas prices, and there. And the Jonah Field in Canada was doing a, a lot of work, twenty-four hour frac operations, man camps. We had a furnished apartment in Rock Springs, I remember, and it was. Furnished with cinder blocks because they, we rented a furnished apartment. You showed up and there were cinder blocks and two beds. I oh, shared that with one of my coworkers. Wow. But that, was the, that was the start of my career. I spent uh, time field training and on equipment in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Moved in late 2005 to Farmington, New Mexico, which I call my home Yeah, because I lived there for 14 years, working for Halliburton for the first two years there. Yeah. As a field engineer, then going into technical sales. Ooh, that's for a, a year. That was a different. That was a little different move. Went to technical sales. That was the route I was taking. Thought I wanted to be a salesman. Yeah. Uh, turns out I do not want to be a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy talking to people, but that was that was not the route I wanted to take. And got a job offer from a, a small oil and gas family producer. It was a, a business that was created by a father and son and, and their family in Farmington, New Mexico. A Robert L. Bayless producer and very entrenched family in that community. Our our headquarters were in Denver, Colorado. We had a, a head, uh, separate headquarters in Farmington, New Mexico and started working for them as a operations engineer in, in 2008. And the Bayless family sent me back to school for my MBA. Oh, that's awesome. And that was awesome. That was a neat experience. And I've been working for them, been blessed working for that uh, fantastic family and working for them ever since. And they moved me 14 months ago to Denver, Colorado, to be the asset manager there and oh, wow. run run operations. So it's yeah. been a it's been a wild ride in in 14, 15 years, but seen a lot of changes, seen some up and downs. But yeah, uh, definitely working for a company that's been around since 19 1958. We can ride those up and downs. So right. That's yeah. What, that's my experience. That's my background.
2: That's awesome. So besides the beds on center blocks, <laughs> <laughs> what are some uh, challenges and kind of hard times you had to go through to get to where you are
3: well
0: you know i would never give up that experience that early time experience there's a lot of hours i spent a lot of time in the field i think when you're going to school as an engineer you kind of have this picture in your mind of you know i'm going to be doing design work i'm going to have this real you know i'm going to be doing some real in the weeds design engineering and a lot of that, a lot of what we do in our industry and from the engineering side is just practical work and getting out into the field. And during that time, the you know, the hard part of the hours. There's a lot of hours. And, you know, we run thin sometimes yeah. as an industry. Yeah. But I was young, I didn't have any kids. I <laughs> I'm getting ready to have my fifth child now but dude <laughs> I'm not
2: i am not. know
0: i know it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> my poor wife yeah i was so, just about to say that so she's she's been in the industry too but she's out taking care of all our little, little terrors now <laughs> so no but that time you know that was that was a big part of it you know was just the time spent in the field and you know as an engineer you know, we have DOT hours for our truck drivers. Mm-hmm. When we were at Halliburton. engineers didn't have DOT hours. So, so I remember we were running two engineers in Farmington and three frat crews, and we were just hopping, 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 wow. hopping, and just you know a lot of hours. I used to tell people we were on the seven on seven on schedule. <laughs> so, but you know, again, that experience was just fantastic. And and coming out of school, and again, go now going back to Rock Springs, we were running twenty four hour crews, and we were taking people into the field and we were taking people in the field in buses and we had a rig up crew and and we worked 12 hours and you just work like a dog for 12 hours and then you get on your bus and it'd be two hours back to rock springs and then you get eight hours then you go to sleep and then two hours back into the field and you do it again and it 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 was a great experience I'm glad I did it at at 23 instead of 38. yeah you know I had a little more energy there I didn't have the kids and and my wife, you know, we were married then. And it was very, very understanding of, of my time in the field. But that, I think that was the, the most, you know, that was a difficult time. Does that answer your questions? Drew? Yeah, it okay. does.
2: Definitely, definitely. So let's talk about your current role. As I mean, we're you're about to not be the president anymore, but yes, yeah. Let's talk about that. Your past year, how well, long? How long is that?
0: So it's really been three years. So so I came on as the way that that the Independent Petroleum Association in Mexico is structured. We have an executive board and you sign on for three years on the executive board. So we have a Southeast vice president. We have a Northwest vice president. You serve as vice president for two years and then you come on board as the president of the organization typically. Okay. So Kyle Armstrong, you've talked to earlier today, he was our Southeast vice president. We we transition from the new president's going to be from each area. So when I say Northwest, that's San Juan Basin. When okay. I say Southeast, the Delaware, right. Delaware. Everybody knows Delaware. Yeah, everybody knows the <laughs> Delaware. So it's, everybody used to know the San Juan. We got to get gas prices a little better. We're, we're, you know, we're struggling along up there, but yeah. uh, that's, that's where our home is. But so I was the Northwest vice president for the organization for two years. We represent small independents. We were put together actually one the founder of our company bob bayless senior was one of the founders of ipnm oh that's awesome i am the fourth member of our organization to serve as president that's awesome so that's pretty exciting so it's his his son-in-law and his two of his son-in-laws his son and then now myself i'm outside of the family but it's kind of exciting i i like that legacy that we've had we put a lot of time and a lot of effort because we believe in what the organization was is trying to do which is represent the small independents the people that don't have we don't have our own people that we hire to be on the front line in santa fe and a lot of these are state issues that we're doing in santa fe we're not we're not hiring hiring our own lobbyists. So we're relying on an organization like this and hiring, you know, Jim Winchester, who's our, our current executive director in lobbyists. Which I had
2: him on, I think he oh, was great. episode sixty-nine.
0: Yeah, great. So we hired Jim. Jim kinda is our is our is our beach for taking our issues of the small independence and us not having, you know, us pulling our dollars together. Yeah. And pulling our ideas and saying, okay, this is gonna be impactful to our business. Jim, you need to go take that there. You know, the thing about IPNM that's a little different, some of the larger, I'm trying to think of the word for what we are, the larger groups, the larger industry groups or industry lobbying groups is a lot of our members, you know, a lot of our companies are small, are small independents. The people that are serving are the owners of those companies and the principals for those companies are the people in the field so this impacts their livelihood yeah you know, directly i know it, i know every organization you know it impacts everybody's livelihood but these are the decision makers that are at IPNM that are serving on the board are the decision makers for the group and we're saying we're telling jim that hey this is these, these are the important issues some of these other stuff some of this other stuff is a lot of window dressing yeah. but we folk well, i think we're really focused on the important issues and it's uh,
2: what what are some of the important issues well the
0: important issues are are things you know
2: 'Cause every Pers- state varies. Right. So. Personally
0: for for our business, I can speak to our business, and that's what I like to speak about because that's what I'm knowledgeable about. Being a legacy, having legacy assets, meaning we have assets that were drilled, you know, 30, 40, yeah. 50 years ago. They become, you know, the they become low profitability or low margin wells. Right. At this point in their life. And we're we're still they still require the same amount of employees. They still require the same amount of work, but when you put new regulations or new capital expenditures on those on those wells they just can't absorb them yeah so when you have a you know 75 or a 50 mcfd well right. or a one or two barrel a day oil producer yeah it's difficult to absorb the regulations that are being placed on you know a delaware you know 2 mile horizontal that yeah. can absorb those offer and that's just the honest to god truth about it is they can't absorb it so if you put any kind of regulation that increases or gives us a capital expenditure or increases the operating cost for that well that well all of a sudden becomes uneconomic and that margin yeah. is so low that very little capital expenditure or new operating costs can be absorbed by that well so yeah. you know that's truly our focus is, okay how does this tangibly affect our business how do we keep our employees employed how do we keep our business making money and keep the lights on moving forward on legacy assets and that's that's my focus
2: yeah cuz that I, sounds pretty
0: rough it's tough it's really tough
2: yeah so yeah and yeah. That's great. So throughout all of this, if you had one piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be?
0: The piece of advice is is get as close to the wellhead as possible. I think that's that's my piece of advice. I can't the experience that I gained early in my career and being out in the field and early in my career with Bayless, early in my career with Halliburton was was the field experience and understanding the tangible effects of the decisions that I'm making. And that's that's the best piece of advice that I have.
2: It's very industry driven sounds, not, not, what the hell am I trying to say? (laughs) I don't know. I don't either. Anyway.
0: So you mean it's very, is that kind of industry, industry theme?
2: Yeah. It sounds like a good motto. Yeah. I I think it is a good motto though. I mean, because you can go so many different ways with just that, that sentence. Well, you can. And
0: you know, I was, I was told early on you know, something that happens, especially with some millennial generations, which I'm on the front end of. We're on the cusp. We're on the cusp. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to tell the tell people that I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I keep on saying that. In my
2: heart, I'm a Gen X. I I know, mine too, (laughs) right?
0: Right. I I don't, I think that's a, I think that's an ego thing more than anything else. But uh, I think if you actually look at the dates, I'm in trouble. I'm pulled into that. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, you want to, you want to proceed in your career as fast as possible. And I remember that early on especially in our industry, there's a lot of people that are aggressive, there are a lot of people that are motivated, yeah, and they want to you know who doesn't want to be the boss as soon as possible, but the experience that I gained early on in the field and just and plugging every day and and seeing what we're doing you know from frac frac jobs drilling you know sitting a rig on drilling experience that that was that the some of that is that's experience that i'm never I'm never going to lose, yeah. And decisions you know when i get calls now you know i always say things are a lot smoother on the 23rd floor of my building in denver colorado and when i get calls from the field and i'm, and I'm hearing from people and, and understanding i can i can go back and i draw on those experiences that i had early on and say okay you know i'm out of the weeds of it so you're yeah. not as panicked i'm out of the weeds but i can make a smart decision because of that experience and that that's the most valuable experience i've ever had so I can't, you know,
2: can't take that from you.
0: No, no, it's yours forever. That's right. So I don't want to do it again.
2: Yeah, no, right? <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> if I have to, I will, but uh, prefer not to do it again. Right. But, uh, <laughs> my wife prefer that I'm not not doing it again with the five kids at home. But that's great. Don't leave so me here by myself. I think that's yeah. That's my you know. And then you know the the other advice that I have to give. You know, one of the best things I did was continued school, and you know, I think that's I think the Bayless family and would tell you that that's been important.
2: Well, that's something I, that's I tell been, my kids. I'm yeah. like, Hey, once you, once you, once you stop going to school, it's gone, man. Yeah. You know, there's no, it's, it's so much harder to pick it back up and go. Well, and, and the world's just changing every, you know, Yeah. Murphy's law, the world's
0: changing all the time and our industry is changing so quickly That not even, you know, yes, I went back to school for, for a business degree and expanded into that, but also going to classes and, and going to conferences and learning what other people are doing, you know, and understanding that that's a good piece of advice. The, I think the, the other, the other piece of advice is, is, you know, Mm -hmm. listening to what other companies are doing. You know, we're so small that we're not doing, we're not on the cutting edge and we're not doing everything so you i've got to go out there and i've got to make connections and listen to people and listen to people at larger companies that are doing you know that are on the cutting edge that are doing things every day that are i say okay how do how can i apply that to our business because i'm not we're not going to be we're not going to be pushing this the envelope forward but i can take you know i always say i want to do what people were doing a year ago that is just commonplace. Those that's the kind of technology that I want to implement in our business is the commonplace technology. And I have to go out there and you have to learn from people that are doing it. That are just this has well, become let commonplace.
2: Them work. Yeah, let, yeah, them let work them the mugs That's out right.
0: We can't absorb we can't absorb those kind of risks. So right. that's that's my other, you know, lean on lean on other people in our industry that are doing some really neat things and and well that's what makes our industry yeah. great. It is. You know, and and you know we're, we're kind of an incestual industry where all of us have interest in each other what others wells and and things like that so you can learn a lot you know yeah. from from a it's it's a really inter- it's a really industry friendly learning experience now some of the larger guys that have more proprietary information can some of the larger companies with more proprietary information can you know they don't like to bring some of that out but oh I
2: when, can name them. yeah oh about yeah, 5 yeah.
0: <laughs> We're, we have a lot more non-op wells than we do operate well so i don't i don't need to speak to that but yeah. but we also have really great non-op partnerships with a lot of people that that i've learned more from those non-op positions sometimes than i do from our own operations and learning from those and understanding what they're doing and learning from other people's mistakes is
2: yeah that's the wisest thing you can do is. yeah that's what a wise person does. they learn that, from other people they're smarter
0: people than me doing things. So <laughs> have, that, have that kind of understanding.
2: So, <laughs> so what book influenced you the most and why?
0: I read a lot. I read Atlas Shrugged every year. Every year, you ever read Atlas
2: Shrugged? Mm-mm. I'm not. I'm not much of a reader.
0: Well, I'd re- I'd recommend it. I read it annually, so that's probably my. Uh, that's my go-to book. I'm more I like if I read
2: it's Harry Potter man. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> Atlas
0: shrugged a a recommendation. So, if you if you want to maybe it takes a a dim look on what's happening in the world. It's 50 years old, but I think it's still relevant to to some of the things that we see today. You oh, know, the produ- the producers make the world and we need producers in this world. We need people that are that are creators. Yeah. And so that's that's my go-to book and you know, industry book. I've you know, I think something that that taught me early on belly up I don't know uh-huh. if you ever read that I, book I think I've heard of it for Pin sure. Square Bank and understanding some of the faults of our industry in the past that's kind of kind of an interesting uh, an interesting read and I really enjoyed that one so yeah got it. lots of books we can talk books sometime <laughs> if you want to so we might need those, to start a book yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. just if for that if we want to start a book podcast I'm game so that's that's <laughs> those are my go to but I have a you know, I live quite a ways outside of, of Denver and an hour and 20 minute commute to work every day. You can get a lot of reading in, so.
2: Well, between uh, that and Oil and Gasless Week, right? That's right. To, that's that's right.
0: Podcasts and, podcasts and books. That's, uh, you, there you can, go. You can learn a lot. Yeah.
2: So, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is your most used business tool?
0: You know, both my you know, connection, my telephone is my most used business tool. Outside of that, I, I tell people I try to solve all the world's problems one spreadsheet at a time. So Excel, <laughs> so
2: Excel, Excel. You can do. <laughs> you are an engineer. I am an engineer, so
0: I am an engineer. So that that is my my go to. If if you came and looked at my computer, I have you know I have multiple spreadsheets up, and <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of great tools and great formulas, formulas and information. Well, there, there there's a lot of great software out there for our industry. First, There's a lot. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, I, I'm a for economic software, I'm a power tools believer. That's what, yeah. I, that's what I play with. But I, I help for some reason, I always like to pull that out into Excel so I can manipulate it, so I can go <laughs> back is... to my past, so I can manipulate it and say, okay, well, how do you know, that's, let me make sure like, I can match this and I that's understand exactly the formula. Exactly what so. I use Excel for is that's manipulation. Right. Yeah. 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 It's great. So.
2: Great tool. Who would you say is your most respected competitor?
0: That's a difficult question. I didn't, I did not see that on the, on there, <laughs> so. You know, I, I think I'll I'll be honest with you. Well, I hope competitor, so. Well, competitor in our industry, you know, I know I know we're competing for lands, I know we're competing for you know, property. We're we're always, you know, if, if everybody else wasn't producing, your your production would be a lot more valuable, but I don't think it's helpful for for to, you know, look at people in our industry as competitors, other producers. For example, because you want them to have success. Because if they're successful, it makes everything we do more valuable. Or if they're driving costs down, it makes everything we do cheaper. So, and I really have a hard time looking at people that are doing the same things that I'm doing or that our business is doing as competitors. And But but most respect, I, I like people who use smart science. I mean, that those are, those are the, the people in our industry that I respect, is not the people that are academics. Yeah. but you know i I tell everybody I'm, i don't care if I make oil i care if I make money yeah that's you know that's that's what we're trying to do so I respect the people that are say okay let's let's not you know let's not solve all the problems in the world or all the problems, you know but let's spend appropriate money and, and spend it on appropriate science and understand that science and but have that and do that in such a way that we're gonna we're trying to make money right we're not trying to we're not trying to be academics right you know? yeah and that's yeah, yeah. that's always my my go back, the companies that aren't academic, that are that are truly trying to be producers, those are the ones that I respect the most, is the ones that are, that are going in and saying, okay, I'm trying to create value. That's what, you know, at the end of the day, you know, swapping and flipping lands, and I know that's a big part of our business and yeah. properties and things, but somebody has to produce oil or has to produce a product that's valuable, that's more valuable than the money we're spending on it. Yeah. And those are the people that I respect, the people that are in there that are spending less. to to make more value.
2: I like that. That's really good. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. What's your most important lesson learned?
0: I think the most important lesson that I've learned is 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 find a place that you can make an impact. You know, then I'm in a I'm in a position and I'm where where my voice is heard. And I don't think I don't think that I think that, you know, if you're just chasing dollars in our industry, I think there's always a place to move, especially if you're good at what you do, there's always a place to move to make more money. But if you're making an impact and make an impact on the people that are working for you, making an impact on the business as a whole, that's more fulfilling than anything else that I'm doing. I mean, so, yeah, that's, you couldn't know, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of it, you know, if I was you know, working with a smaller organization like IPNM, I'm making it, you know, my influence here is making an impact on IPNM, coming back to that. So, I'm spending my time on things that are, that are tan- making tangible impact, impacts and trying to prioritize those. Because, you know, there's only so much time, you exactly. know, there's only so much time. So I want to do, I want to do, do things that, that are, that are impacting, you know, impacting our industry, impacting my business, impacting my kids' lives, impacting, you know, whatever I'm a part of, because that's, what's most important to me. Go so ahead. sorry, that was high level, wasn't it?
2: Ooh, I'm, I was just like, <laughs> damn, <laughs> that got deep. Yeah, sorry man. Oh. <laughs> no, it was really oh, good. Okay. This, this is my favorite. That's my favorite question. But on to my second favorite question, which is not on your sheet. Why is your role now important to the future of oil and gas?
0: I think it's important for my role now is working in a company that has relationships and that that values people. And I think it's important that, you know, our industry is is people focused. And what I'm doing is has an impact I think on the on the guys that I'm working with and I need, and that kind of goes back to that last question that you asked me but yeah. but I think it's important to have small producers like us that are nimble that are lasting that have experience that have been around for a long time we fill in a real a real niche gap in our industry you know we can't be controlled by the larger companies just completely driving what we 're doing it's important that that we have companies like our size that are doing right size projects and doing focus projects and doing interesting projects, but that fit, fit in on some of these, you know, we don't need a hundred thousand acres to develop a prospect and to make an impact on the people that are working for us and to make an impact, to make impact for oil and impactful products. And, you know, we're, we're low cost. We're, we have low overhead and it's important to have all these tiers of companies and and that's why i like you know again i like the opportunity for what i'm doing now is is to fit into some of those some of those spots that we can that we can develop for our size company
2: very good what's your favorite podcast
0: bill simmons podcast yeah 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 what's that one about bill simmons podcast is part of the ringer podcast network
2: oh which is the
0: i'm i know you guys are good but Bill Simmons is my guy so if there was ever a I've been listening to him he's started podcasting 12 13 years ago I mean a long when time it, ago a long time it ago much he's a sports and pop culture podcast uh, you know it's a uh, well my
2: you know, favorite my favorite podcast is Joe Rogan yeah so.
0: yeah so so I like that and then I I love Malcolm Gladwell's podcast revisionist history yeah it's one of, that's a really great podcast that uh, so he goes back and looks at things you know, looks at the history of things and just digs back into why you know are we looking at this differently did we look at this differently in the past than than it really should be you know should we revise the history of all, or what we looked at in the past and it's really
2: that sounds really awesome that sounds really interesting yeah so because i'm uh, a huge fan of documentaries and stuff like that yeah. so it's like
0: so have you read have you the bag band have you uh-huh. that's an msnbc that's a good one
2: when you're a podcaster sometimes you, i know you, i you, know i know whenever i say i listen to joe rogan i mean i watch joe rogan on youtube so (laughs) so i don't i don't sleep much so i like
0: at night i have a podcast going or or i have an audible book going or you know i'm mowing the lawn i have a podcast going on I'm working on my on my solving all the world's problems on my <laughs> spreadsheet. I have a podcast going in my And, you know, it's 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 background noise. When I work out, I listen to po- – I'm not a music listener, so.
2: Oh, really? No, don't oh, listen no, to – Oh, no, you're an engineer. I'm an engineer, so. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously. So
0: don't listen to any music. I couldn't you – know, my kids are like, oh, dad, you've heard this. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, my three-year-old is like, dad, this song – Baby shark. Yeah, dad, put this shit down, put this – I was like, I – never heard this song before in my life
2: i'd never want to hear it yeah, again never want to hear it again
0: that's right that's right can we disconnect the alexa guys so uh, i mean come on anyways no i those are bill simmons podcast is my favorite podcast it's not for everybody but it's background noise in my life so that's awesome i listen to it three days a week so it's that's good great it's great, getting great. longer and longer though
2: so, yeah yeah well, that's good because this is the longest interview I've had so far. Maybe, maybe what Claire's coming on next. Maybe, hers maybe will be? Claire's will be
0: longer. So yeah. we uh, got a contest going. Have... <laughs> yeah, so Claire's will be more insightful than mine, I'm sure. So, ah, maybe not. I don't know. We'll we see. don't know. I'm trying. It's all about perspective, that's man. That's right. That's right. So, so, but
2: thank you so much for joining me again. If people wanted to reach out to you and/or get to know more about your company, how can they go about doing that?
0: We have a website, rlbaillis.com,
2: and I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Yeah,
0: rlbaillis.com, and and uh, I've got your my, LinkedIn. My contact information's on there, but uh, we try to fly under the radar sometimes. But that's uh, but if you'd like to get a hold of me, that's that's the best way. Dun so. dun
2: dun.
0: <laughs> go to go to the IPNN what website? I think that's a. I know that's going to be in your show notes, also. Oh, sure. yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, but I think we're doing, I, I think we're doing really great things. I really do. IPNM is doing good things for New Mexico, and, and if you're impacted by regulation, in New Mexico, if you don't have your your lobbyists. You know if you don't have your ear to the ground of, of what's going on with with the regulatory environment here you know reach out to jim reach out to myself and, and go to the website and, and become a member you know it's yeah. fairly inexpensive so
2: become a member that's my
0: awesome how's that for a plug
2: yeah that's perfect in. that's all perfect right. all right so Great. that concludes this episode so just remember it's up to you to open the next door. now here's events on deck
3: okay before heading into the events on deck for july i have a few ogg and announcements We moved our happy hours to quarterly, and so the Houston and Midland happy hour will be in sometime August or September. Be on the lookout for the date to be announced. And we are launching our Denver happy hour on August 29th from four to 6 p.m. All the details are below. And now let's move on to the events on deck. We have the Argentina Oil, Gas and Energy Summit 2019. That's July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. The link is below. Then we have a happy hour coming up on July 23rd. It's the Intentional Networking Oil and Gas Happy Hour at the Houston Zoo. This is hosted by Equilibria, NOV, OGGN, and Flutura. And a portion of the ticket sales will be going to Redeem Ministries, a local charity to help human trafficking victims. You can sign up below. Next up, Mark, Jake, and Paige will be speaking at the 2019 ipa annual meeting, July 24th and 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is Addressing Operators' Needs in 2019. Sign up below. The Desk, Derek, Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual shoot for the future clay shoot is July 26th in Decatur, Texas. Sign up below. And last but not least, Summer NAPE is coming up August 21st through 22nd in Houston, Texas, to where the deals happen.
1: Tune in next week for another intriguing episode of Bulwark's Oil & Gas Industry Leaders podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.